Welcome back to the Ballman Podcast. We've got Joe Fournier on today. Um, Joe, thanks so much for joining us, man, from Miami. Um, thanks. Big news, man. You're fighting KSI in May. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wembley, May 13th, pay-per-view the zone. Don't get bigger than that. Hey, it sounds, uh, it sounds epic. It's uh, we're, we're all very excited for it. Um, go on in, James. You can jump back into your little Dubai question. What, did, what was it about oh, Dubai? Thanks, mate. <laughs> I was saying, Joe spends uh, quite a lot of time in Dubai, but he's, he's in Miami now. But yeah, Joe, how do you get the, the mix, right, of, you know, all the boxes that I'm seeing, they're teetotal, right? They're, they're not drinking. And how do you get that mix, right, of balance of being able to say, right, I'm going to go out tonight, have a good laugh. Then I'm going to train tomorrow, you know, without it impacting me. How do you get the balance of drinking, not drinking, training? Uh, I just, I started off like that, didn't I? Like 10, 11 years ago when I was fighting unlicensed, it was like, you didn't really train like a professional athlete. You just, you know, you trained three times a week and you went out with your mates and you didn't really stop your life. And so now when I was competing at like the elite level, um, you know what, what it was? Actually, when I won the title, when I won the WBA international title, I was on a boat, pissed, drunk, drinking tequila. It was Art Basel, Miami. And they gave me three weeks notice to lose 30 pounds uh, to, to fight for the title. I was just, it, right. I just kind of was ranked high enough to get the shot. And the WBA called me and said, oh, do you want it? The guy's pulled out. And uh, I called David. He said, well, right now you're this number in the world. If you win this, you'll be number 10 in the world. You'll be the WBA international champion. So I was he's like, but can you start dieting like now? Like leave the boat, put the tequila down and, and go crack on. And so in three weeks notice, I went out there. I knocked the guy out in the ninth round with no wow. training, basically, right? With zero. Uh, like, you had I was boxing experience. Had you had boxing experience before that, any or none? Well, at that point, some. I was like nine and oh, so for, as a pro. So I was already. As a pro. Okay, sorry. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then I realized that if someone breaks into your house, yeah, two in the morning, you're not going to say, oh, how long have you been training for? Oh, oh, I haven't trained this week. You're just going to punch him in the face. And in reality, is that as long as, like, I'm, I'm 40 now, I'm not going to get any better technically. I'm not going to throw a snappier jab than I did five years ago, am I? I like, the way I throw my jab is the way I throw my jab. So really, I just got to be in good nick. So mm. if I'm drinking tequila, the only thing it bothers is the protein synthesis of increasing muscle mass. But when you're trying to lose weight, it don't really hurt that much because it helps you in, a, in an ironic way lose weight. It's just if you can control your cravings the next day of like eating, you know, fryer. So I'm pretty good at that. So it never really bothered me. I still can get in the gym and go train hard. So, you know, Roberto Duran did it and he beat Sugar Ray Leonard. So. I was going to say, that's the old school way, right? You know, when I used to yeah. speak to my trainers in Wales, they would say, bloody hell, we used to go out on the piss on Saturday night and then and then fight the next day. So it's, um, yeah, you know, now there's more. You if know, I was fighting Dimitri Bivo, yeah, <laughs> I probably wouldn't drink for a couple of months. Yeah, but remember, I'm their Dimitri Bivo. Like they gotta be the best they can ever be because they gotta bridge a gap of you know 10, 15 years of experience. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I can't, like if I, I don't need to bridge that gap. I just need to be fit enough to do the rounds, however many rounds it is. So are you? Doing when was the first time you ever put? Oh, go on, James. When was the first time you put you put boxing gloves on? How old were you? Well, I used to actually fight bare knuckle at thirteen. I used to fight bare knuckle oh, wow. in the in the gypsy parks to pay my mum's rent. That was actually how I started boxing. Wow. Okay. And then I didn't box from like six, 16, 17. I wouldn't call it boxing. It was like street fighting, I guess. 
And then okay. I got back in the gym at 28 when I was really fat. I was like, I only got back in the gym to lose weight. I got back in the gym. I was 28. I was about 120 kilos, just living a life, going out with Nick in London, eating big lunches, big bottles of wine, partying every day, making loads of money. And then my missus and I broke up. And I just, I remember I was like having sex with a girl once. And I looked down at her and I'm like, she could not be enjoying this. I'm so fat and out of shape. I felt so sorry for her. I'm like, she's only shagging me because I'm rich. And then, uh, and then, and then I basically was like, all right. So I saw an ad online, like, oh, train for six weeks and have a boxing fight. Called the guy up, real nice guy. His name is Scott Borthwick, white collar boxer in London. And he's like, yeah, come down. I came down. I still had it a little bit because you never really lose that combat experience. And then I fought a guy who'd had a few more fights. You're meant to be like your first fight, your first fight, second fight, second fight, they pair you up equally. But I was a bit more advanced. So fought a guy, one on points. And then after that, I knocked five guys out in a row. And then I went into unlicensed boxing. And I had like 20 odd fights on license in like the dodgy pubs in London and Camden and all that. And then uh, David Hay called me and he said, look, I thought it was a wind up because I didn't know David Hay. I didn't really like him much either. I'm like, this guy comes into my clubs, doesn't order any drinks, takes all the birds. And then um, he was like, he was like, do you want to fight at Wembley? No, at the O2 Arena. I was like, what? And I thought it was a wind-up. So I said, meet me at Zuma. I lived, ne- I lived above Zuma. So I said, meet me at Zuma. Went down, he's there. He's David A. So it wasn't a wind-up. So I was like, all right. He's like, look, basically, you sell loads of tickets. You're knocking everyone out. You're quite an exciting fighter. You're 2-0 now. Do you want to fight? I said, all right, what's the options? He goes, I've got this one guy from Hungary. He's like 15 and 8. If you fight him, I'll put you made like co-main event because he's a, he just won three fights in a row, Hungarian champion. But he's hard as hell. He's hard as nails. We'll try and make him come down to like heavyweight, take a bit of juice out of him. He's like, or you can fight a journeyman, but then you'll be on at six o'clock and it won't be televised. So now I had a choice to make. But I was like, oh, but I like the hype. I like the, I like the competition, you know? So I said, all right, let's do it. Let's fight the guy. So I knocked him out in the second round. I was a four to one underdog. Jose Mourinho came. Uh, I think I was about 30. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, Jose Mourinho came to the fight, was ringside. He's a good mate of mine and a few big celebs and all my mates were there. My whole squad. I sold something like 10,000 tickets. It was mad. And then, and then I got the bug for it. And that's when I just kind of kept pro- progressing up. So really professionally 10 years, but actual fighting combat from 13. When you have the bug, it's wow. hard to stop, no? What, um, yeah. Joe, so, so apart from that, apart from having sleeping with that girl and, and looking down at you, I, I've had that moment where I'm like, I'm just fat and I need to sort that out. Was there like, yeah. you know, we know a little bit about you. We know you. We know you're successful. You've got money. Like, there's no, there's not really a need to fight, is there? What's what is there? Something else that's like burning inside you, whether it be from a kid or is was it literally that moment where you went right? Because you don't really need to fight, do you? You can, you got a pretty no. face. You can live a nice life. Like, what, what's the yeah. people say it to me a lot because I want to fight as well. And people say it to me, you don't need to. You're acting keep focusing on making the films why would you want to go in in the ring and, and and have a fight and obviously you know there's different reasons for that but for you what what's like what's the reason you know it's quite a, it's quite a good question i answered the other day on jake paul's podcast you know when i was at school i didn't have a dad yeah my dad left my mum when she was pregnant so i just grew up single mum four kids yeah in hounslow so like super low-end super low yeah, end same as me and james that's so weird yeah. same as me and james yeah yeah. So 
So the only people really that were like a man, male figure in my life were my PE teachers because I was a good athlete. And I had a teacher called Mr. Goldsby, Mr. Wing, and uh, Mr. Miles. And they were like the three guys. And because I was good at sports and I would help the school win, I was England cricketer. I was England basketball, played uh, uh, South England rugby. So I was, you know, very, very talented at sports. But they would kind of guide me. You know, if I ever needed 10 quid to take a gala on the weekend, now, here's a tenner, pay me back in a month, you know. And they were kind of like people that guided me because all my other mates were doing drugs, selling drugs, stabbing people. You know, it was, it was a shit show. Uh, so I stayed on that kind of narrow path of just, you know, sports and, and athleticism and, and had, had a dream, basically. And I find that I had my foundation in, in the UK where I put these kids through these after-school programs. I did it back at my school, Eisworth and Zion. But, um, you know, now I realise with the social media and with, with these platforms that people have now, like, like Jake, Logan, KSI, is they they re, they inspire millions at a time. I was only getting you know five hundred kids, a thousand kids through school, whatever. So actually, what's nice now looking back is there's a lot of kids that were like me, you know, thirteen didn't really know what to do. Mum's just trying to keep up, so you didn't get much like TLC from mum. You know, she had them what she could put on the table, and that was that. And the rest she's grafting. And I'm like, if I can tell those kids that don't see the light, now, hey, listen, I'm not like some superstar legend manufactured uh, Russian boxer who's, you know, never lost. I'm just a normal bloke that was just running around house like now look at me fighting at Wembley where I was five minutes from my house. And I think it gives me a voice to inspire others. And I think that's why I was said it the other day, like the, the fight don't even pay me nothing. I ain't hardly getting making any money out of it. Zero, actually. By the time I pay my jet there, jet back. And I knew that they didn't really want to fight me. They're a bit afraid. So they kept putting in all these little caveats, which I don't deal with. My legal team does. I just said, sign everything. So agree to everything. So like, wow. I've had to drop 30 pounds. I've had to drop 30 pounds. I've got like no tickets for my mates from school. They were like, oh, I'm going to have tickets. Like, don't worry, I'll buy the tickets. Uh, you know, just literally like, because obviously they don't want to fight, right? Yeah. As, a, as, a, as a misfits, as a brand, I love their brand. Because if you think about what they're doing, they're putting people on. Like all these YouTubers that weren't really making mad money now are making real money. And KSI has done that for his community. So I respect him for that. I also respect him for giving me the opportunity because, you know, other, other YouTubers, when there was a chance to fight me, they, they didn't really want to have the challenge. So I respect him for doing that. But yeah, the, the reason I'm doing this really is to increase my, my uh, platform to then make my voice bigger, to be able to inspire the youth. Uh, and, and the generations, because it's kind of turning a bit crazy in London, you know? That's why I left. It's too dangerous now. Yeah, that's, is, that's, yeah. that's it's a crazy. great, um, a great, great answer, man. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's, it's when you start, like, inspiring or, you know, sort of speaking your voice out to more people, it does give you more of an urge. And you're right, social media has the platform to do that. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's three, there's, there's three things you mentioned there, right? So, First of all, to inspire young kids, right? No one can say anything against that. That's incredible, right? Uh, second thing about London being dangerous, agree, agree with that. And the third thing, you said, like, you know, your dad left your mum. Was that, was you sort of like, was it being, was it their bullying at school or was it just you were like, do you know what? I want to be the man now, the family. I want to learn how to fight and protect my family. Is that where, is that where the, it, the fighting instinct came from? I mean, I was always bullied. Like, because, you know, growing up in that era, right, like in the 80s and 90s, it was bullying was pretty standard. 
So that's kind yeah. of what toughened you up. I wouldn't say I was bullied where yeah. I would go home and cry. I, I went to school a few times scared. I had like the Mickey taken out of me. Remember, I'm not white and I'm not black and I'm not Chinese. I was just beige color. So, you know, I was called the yellow man, <laughs> yeah. which is a, which right now you couldn't get away with. I got hit by a car yeah. when I was young and I had a big scar down my leg and so I'd wear longer right. shorts. And then they would call me silky pants because the shorts were made of satin. So my nickname at school at 10, 11, 12, was silky pants in the hallways. And then, you know, the older kids would start on you because you look different and whatever. But it makes you tougher. I never fought to defend myself. Uh, I never went. I was fighting to make money for my mum. Now, I was a dishwasher right. for a pound an hour. And then I got the opportunity. I got in a street fight. A geezer saw me in the street and said, oh, do you want to come fight for me? I was like, where? He's like, right. oh, in Heston, there's, there's these gypsy caravan parks. So now I go get 20 quid to fight. And that's kind of how I got into fighting. It wasn't, I wasn't scared of my life because I had two older brothers and they were like, right. we were quite tight. So it was like ride or die. So if anyone really like massive started on me, I would call my brother and they were mental as well. So yeah. it, it wasn't that's about amazing. That's, it's great to hear that because I didn't know that. I, you know, just so you know, like Joe, probably don't remember, we were, we were all drinking a shitload. My friend Nick invited me to his house. You were there. He said, this guy had never had a fight before. He had a first fight and he won a world title. So we were like, holy fuck, this is amazing. This guy, Joe, has gone out there and, you know, everyone knew you as a character and fun. But to hear that sort of bit of a backstory is really interesting. Me and Matt had a real similar thing. So, you know, won't go, no need to go into it. But, you know, that in that, we decided we needed to physically be able to protect ourselves. So we learned at a late, I, I was sort of about 20 when I started. Matt was a bit younger. But we, you know, through adverse stuff happening through the world yeah. and the way it was then, we needed to be able to protect ourselves. So it really... Good to hear that from you, man. No, it's really interesting as well. We've, yeah. had a couple of, we've had a couple of people on that, that have the same thing, that don't have the dads around as us. And it's like, oh, shit, you don't realise all these things that happen to you when you're younger. They they don't necessarily, you know, they, they call it a trauma in some respects, but sometimes it's good trauma that happens to you later on in life. And it's uh, it's like, yeah, it's really, really great to hear that, uh, Joe. Are you doing yeah. anything like, are you doing anything different? Because, I, I, you know, I'm with you and we'll have a little bit of a bitch about, about this misfit stuff and KSI in a minute. But um, are you? I want to know, like, are you just doing anything different with this camp? Is there anything different you're doing, or are you just like, you know what, same thing, you know, day in. Day I don't out. need to. I, I don't. I don't feel like I need to be in my most elite to win. Yeah, yeah. So I've been quite cautious, kind of like injury wise, because I know I can go in at six out of ten and knock him out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's kind of really is for him to prove himself. I know, yeah. My goal in this fight is to hurt him early, and then get the rounds in. Get the get 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 you know get as many rounds as I can in uh, with him, kind of you know like on the back foot, really, because I need to get around. Because after this, I've done a free fight deal, so I'm fighting again in September. And obviously, when they see like the disparity of levels in this fight, I think is that so? So if you to... if you win, you you that was that was my next question. If you win, you've got other fights after this as well, or what? What's the What's after well, he's this? got a rematch. He's got a rematch clause. Okay. Um, I was with Jake Paul the other day. He said he wants to do it. He wants to fight me. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> after this, and I've been having a chat with some of the guys from uh, Tommy Fury's camp, and that's also an interesting fight for me. So I got that those three really on the horizon. And like I said, I'm only going for the biggest fights. I'm not trying to prove how yeah. tough I am, or I'm harder than you, or he called me out, so I'm going to go and punch him in his head. Nah, I just want the big razzmatazz fights because yeah. I'm not going to fight for the next 20 years, am I? I'm well, like you said as well, you're not, you're not doing it for the money. You know, you're doing it to raise your voice and raise awareness, which is great. I mean, I could see, even when you went on stage, 
when he was fought last time. I, you know, you could see he he didn't he didn't want it because you were like, let's go, I'll sign it now. And he's like, we'll see, we'll see. So you can see he didn't like it. And I, look, I like KSI, and I think he's you know he, he's the best set. He's one of the best set out of the bad bunch. What um? But yeah. do you not think? Do you not think right? Jake Paul lost the other week to Tommy Fury. Do you not think if you beat KSI, which I think you will. And I, I do think you'll do it very easily and comfortably because mm. people 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 miss the aspect of experience. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how much talent you've got from the get-go. It boxes mm. in fundamental experience. If you've been doing it for 15 years and someone else has been doing it for one or two years, it's a big difference. But what, like, yeah. if you if you beat KSI, do you, don't you think that's just going to put an end to the facade of this YouTube boxing versus real boxers? Because, yes, misfits will carry on, and that platform will still grow, but then surely you're going to stop having those type of boxers calling out real boxers because it is a different. It's it's like you know it's it's almost as different as MMA to boxing. That that's how I look at it. It's that different that you know. Do you not think it's going well, to? I, I believe I believe if I fought Tommy Fury, I would beat him as comfortably as he won his fight. Okay, so it's a good show. So what? And then so I agree. I. I know what you're saying. I don't agree for these reasons. Is when I fought my first fights, my first two fights, they were totally shit, guys. Yeah, totally shit. Professionals, but totally shit. And that's what you're meant to do when you're when you're building your record. Mike Tyson did it. I had done it. Every every superstar had done it. Probably Lomachenko and Joe Joyce are probably the only two off the top of my head that didn't fight shit people at the beginning. But these kids, like KSI, does decent against me. He's won the World Cup because yeah. he shouldn't even last around. And I said this to Jake the other day. Like, everyone knows me and Jake aren't, like, besties yet. But, you know, I do give him more risk, way more respect after what he done fighting Tommy than anyone else he fought. Because guess what? In three and a half full-time years, he's bridged the gap of probably Tommy, who's fought since he was probably a baby. Like, for real, 15 years. Like, he was in the amateurs. He had 20-odd amateur fights, won, won, a, won a bunch of them. And you're talking a kid that was on the Disney Channel twerking who then in three and a half years, and what the advantages they have is, and this is why I know KSI ain't going to be easy. I just, I'm just way bigger than him. And I punched like really hard. Like even David A said, I punched harder than Tony Bellew. And like Tony Bellew, not How David much you A. weigh? So right now I'm like How much 195, you 195. Right. What's I'm that in kilograms? 180. Right? What's that in kilos? Uh, 93, 94. Okay. 92. Okay. What have you got to get down to? 11?
if you look at all the comments, they pretty much say the same. And I know you shouldn't go on comments, but, but the majority of people say yeah. Well, I'll tell you what happened from a strategic boxing standpoint. Tommy had a great jab, has a great jab. And Tommy knew that I could just win off the keep him off the end of my jab. Mm. Jake's dangerous because he has a good overhand right. Yeah. But his jab and his left hook aren't really super dangerous, right? Let's just look at it if you were being a pundit. So what would you, you do? Just keep your face clean. Don't get in any action. Just keep it on the end of your jab, right? Mm. Dimitri Bubo won most of his fights like that. Just great jab, one, two. Mm. Break him down. Jake's got a good chin. He couldn't, Tommy don't have great power. So he was never going out there to knock him out. So from a strategic t standpoint, the Furies <clears throat> got it perfect. Problem is, the experience is what you just said. The experience was the difference because if you had a good experience, you would have found a way to get that right hand off. Yeah, yeah. You would have mm. set up traps. You would have gone to the body. <clears throat> but he never needed to do that previously because everyone else was also boxing-wise a novice. So that's when he got unstuck. But what I told him the other day on his podcast, I said, from where you where you are now, that experience you just had going eight rounds with a boxer, you're going to jump up four levels. If you don't yeah, give up, true. he's only yeah. 25, 26. You don't give up by the time you're 30. Yeah. You might win a title, like a real title. <clears throat> but it's, that's the difference, see, is you got to stick to it. Well, and the difference is as well, like, no Jay Paul, Jay Paul um, Tyson Fury said this to him, and I've, I've spent a bit of time with Tyson because I did a tour with him on, on the film. And um, Tyson Fury said to him, look, you know, You've got to back up the talk now. You've been talking for so long about this and that, and and that's that's where the hype, you know, the hype was built up so much. And what we got is a, is an average fight. You know, we got an average fight off the back of that. Did you? Um, not not because he didn't want to do better, just because yeah. he couldn't unlock it. Yeah, styles styles make fights. I find um I don't know if you saw it yet because it only came out a couple of nights ago, um a couple of days ago. But I find it really interesting. Do you see Ryan Garcia's? Uh, he, he was just did a podcast with um, Logan Paul. All right, and, I didn't see it, no. Well, I'm going to spoil a little here. So Ryan Garcia is just in a podcast uh, with, with Logan Paul, and he said, KSI beats you hands down because he doesn't know who you are, and, he, and he's assuming you're not a fighter. And it's so weird. Because, Ryan Garcia said that. Yeah. And it's so weird because, because of this whole, whole hype with social media and YouTube and all this stuff, it was like, you know, I, I, I sort of stopped and was like, what? How does, he, how does he not know that actually Joe's the real fighter and KSI is not? And that's why he puts him down. You know, he, put, he says it very openly. He says, you know, KSI wins all day because he's not going to fight anyone that he's going to lose to because the hype is, is too building. How do you like, do you think having this fight then is going to kind of open? I've had loads of people. I've had loads of people say, oh, don't take it. Don't take it to the judges. They're their they're, they're, they're judges. They'll screw you over, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. I just, I think it's, I think it's nonsense. I think at the end of the day, if I go and I batter his face in for six rounds, eight rounds, however many rounds of fight, I don't even know. And then I, you know, he don't lay a finger. How can any judge on TV, remember it's on TV, yeah, right? Give it the other way. So at the end of the day, he's just going to get battered like from start to finish. I don't see him, like I'm not really a fast starter either. Right? I'm a slow starter. I don't mind, but he can't knock me out. If he was going to knock me out, David A would have knocked me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, and then Ryan Garcia, I don't really know the guy. He's not had a good career. He has, he's entitled to his opinion. I'm not going to be, not going to be upset if he thinks KSI will win. It's good, the jeopardy. I want people to think KSI will win because at the end of the day, it makes more sales. It builds yeah. my brand. 
it, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't because like he didn't like you. It was just because he didn't know you and he, assu- he, he doesn't know anything about you. So he assumes you're not going to be a real fighter, which was like so interesting. Listen, if you'd said to me, yeah. but if you'd said to me to say, if you said to me, Tommy Fury's had two and a half million quid, but when his last fight was 100 grand, I'd be like, he's taken a fall. I would have yeah. said the same, yeah. but he didn't. So, and like, and with me, it's the opposite. <laughs> with me, I'm not going to pay anything. <laughs> That's madness. So, so, so no, I'm going to, listen, I don't, I, I, I think that one thing to give KSI credit for is, you know, that like uh, rawness of uh, having never lost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like having never been under manners, having like super raw. He's wild as well. And when you're a boxer, you're used to punches coming from certain angles. And this is when like Jake said to me, who do you think would win? I said, well, technically you're a bit more advanced because you've been doing it longer. But when a guy is coming, like you see his last knockout against FaZe, yeah. he went from a taekwondo stance, through an overhand right, touched him, through a diving in square on left hook and knocks the guy out. I was ringside. I was one meter away. It was a clean as hell knockout. If he'd asked me to do that, I couldn't do that in a month of Sundays, right? But when he jumps in like that, would I have slipped in front of the uppercut and put him into their fucking third row? Yes. So it's like, is he amazing against someone that knows what they're doing when you do that? Or is he amazing against someone that don't know what they're doing? Yeah. I don't know. So how do you spar for him? So what's the point in getting boxers into spar? No, no boxer's going to do that. You know, is that is that not um, is that not something that, you know, man to man, is that not something then that you need to be aware of and you're going to prepare for? Because, look, there is a world where if you said yourself, you start slow and he starts wild and he gets the energy behind him. And you know what? Like young kids are like, yeah, I agree. When they've got I money agree, agree. training. They've got hype. He's coming in like fueled on this unlimited money drink. for this camp. <laughs> unlimited money for this camp. Exactly. He's, got the be- he's got David. He's got London shoot fighters, right? They're pre- predominantly probably the best MMA coaching team in, in Europe. Yeah. Plus, they're incredible boxing coaches. They've been around 25 years. I've known them years. They, they were David Hayes coaches, right, wow. for his last few fights, right? So they do Chisora. Like, they're proper, proper coaches. So he's got the best coaches he can get. He's got, I'm telling you, the best nutritionists he can get because those MMA guys cut so much weight to make, to make yeah. the different categories. And I know he's super-duper disciplined because one of my journalists I know from the Daily Mail said when Jazora lost his fight against Fury, KSI was in the changing room and they were all having burgers and they gave KSI a burger and he refused to have the burger. Yeah, they, me, I had a burger last night. There's something, there's something, in, there's something <laughs> in these kids and especially Jake Paul and, and KSI where their discipline is actually really, really great. And I don't know whether it's the hype yeah. and the money and the fact that they've got all this social media presence, but their discipline seems to be great. So what do, what do you do then? It, he's going to come out wild. What do you do? Do you, yeah. do you go into boxer mode and you just, you know, you palm him off and, you, and, you, and you, you're smart and you're a boxer? Do you give him a bit of fire back? Like, what's your, what's your strategy? And it's not like it needs to be a secret because it's not, like you said, you're not going no. in and fighting Canelo, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think he's going to get himself knocked out by accident. I okay. think he's gonna. I think he's so erratic. Yeah. That I'm just. I think he's gonna catch me for sure. I think I'm gonna take some shots because I'm not gonna be used to. Remember, I haven't fought in two years, so I'm a little ring rust. And I think he's definitely gonna land some shots. I think he's gonna realize though that his shots ain't gonna put a dent in me, and I think that will deflate him. He's gonna land a big shot, crack probably you know a bit of spit and blood and whatever else flying around, and then I'm just gonna just smile at him and walk him down. And when he, and I've been in the ring with James DeGale sparring, and I've done that to him, and he just smiled at me, and he said to me, my ear, you're going to have to hit me harder than that. 
and I hit like a mule and it just killed me. For the rest of the round, I was just so deflated because I'm like, that was my best shot and he just walked me down. Yeah. And I think KSI is going to have to learn to live with that. And I think he's so erratic that, you know, he could walk on for something early. Like I told you, my game plan is see them abs that he keeps posting on men's health. Yeah, slightly hating on him, but still, I'm going to see what those abs are up to, up against. I'm a great, I go for amazing body shots, right? So I'm not really going to work the body. He's a headhunter and I go, I'm, I'm solid to the body. So he should be yeah. really a headhunter, but I'm going to go down to the body first. And I think that that will be the equalizer. And then, you know, we're not going to have a jab off, are we? I'm not going to stand there throwing jabs for six rounds. But <laughs> he, I think I, I think he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to come in super explosive and just reaction wise, I just, you know, for years of boxing, I'm just going to drop him with something. I don't think he'll get back up. Mate, abs will help him in um, in a boxing fight. So it's, uh, you know, you, the fat is... Well, the more hurt. abs, the more, lean, the more leaner you are, like the more your ribs are exposed. So, exactly. you know, them 10-ounce exactly. gloves. Those 10-ounce yeah. gloves. And I'm much bigger, I'm taller. I'll see him, like, I watched him always go forwards in all his fights. And he's good coming forwards, but I don't really go backwards myself. So how, where, who's going to, there's going to be, there's gonna, we're going to meet in a ring at some point in the middle and it's going to be a real kind of dust up. What's Just the, don't cuddle like uh, Jake and Tommy did. No cuddling, <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm aggressive in the clinch. So if he's cuddling, he's going to okay. be taking punishment. I don't just rest in yeah. the clinch. What's your... Remember, um, I'm trained, I'm trained for 12 rounds, right? So yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're not doing 12 rounds for sure. I don't know if it's six or eight we're doing, so... Like the pace for me is just going to be pretty lackadaisical because I don't need to land a lot of shots because every, you know, like when you used to play Street Fighter and you had like a power punch and it took that much of your energy bar. That's how it is when you fight me is when I land, I only need to land 12 punches around. But when I land, I'm taking lumps out of you. You come back all busted up to your corner. I said I want them to Joe, cry. Uh, mate, we'd love to come and train with you. Are you, uh, are you back in London anytime soon, apart from the, the for the fight or anything else? No, I, just, I literally fly in and fly out of London. I, I don't really like okay. uh, hanging out too long in London now. I like to go to you know Spain and, and, and Greece and all that. Mate, isn't it a shame what's happened to London? Like, I, I hate to like put negative things out there, but it's a real shame what's happened to London, man. I know. It's, it's, uh, what I'm gutted about is it was the government that done it. I know, I know. I'm not like anti I'm not like one of those anti-government people because I don't really, I know my voice don't mean nothing for the government. But I have to say, like, when I grew up, it was a much nicer place than what it is now. Mm. And yeah. uh, and then it's like, and then also the people have changed. It's like, it's, they're stopping like the, the immigrants coming in and then some people are mad about it. Some people have it. But I remember when I grew up, everyone was kind of in unison as this is the best for the country. Even now, people yeah. are getting upset about the monarchy. When did when did when we was growing up? Was anyone mad at the Queen? Never. Everyone's no, got no. too way too busy now, and it's like I don't know. Yeah. I think like I don't know. And I wasn't. Remember, I'm French Italian originally, right? So I'm like a refugee in my own right. But at least when I came to England, I respected the Queen. I respected the rules. I spoke the language. I've done yeah. everything you were meant to yeah. do, right? So. Go go now to do you you're in Dubai and go get a go get a Christian president. Good luck with that. Or Christian mayor. You know, we're with England, it's like it's all topsy turvy now. Like, there's no more church of England. Like all the ethics of England. I'm a Catholic, I'm not even in Church of England, but all the ethics of England don't really exist anymore. I know. Um, and all the people that were in, in control, you know, Chrissida Dick, she was the head of the uh, Met Lost you, James. Okay. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah, he's lost. 
yeah, propaganda maybe. that. <laughs> exactly they've cut him off we um yeah. joe we we go in we literally go in for a couple of days do the podcasts at the studio at james's place and then i'm out again i'm, I'm doing two films back to back in malta but we go um you know we just yeah we go in and out quite quick we lost you there james are you back sorry did i lose you there guys was that me mine yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. that was a, that was a british government cutting you off yeah, my sixty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't gonna talk nothing. What were you no, saying, it's, mate? It's the same. It's just, it's just a shame, man. You know, Christina Dick, who's head of the Metropolitan Police. Some horrific stuff happened on her watch. You know, the uh, with with Rishi Sunak now and Sadiq Khan. Terrible stuff. Knife crimes gone up. With uh, I heard yesterday that eight hundred forty-six pounds the UK government spent on protective. You know, these throwaway protective suits during coronavirus for NHS staff workers. It worked out they paid eight hundred forty-six pounds for each one. So, you know, the level of corruption at, in the government is so obvious now because of the internet, social media, you can see it. So, yeah, it's a real shame, man, the way the country's run and more and more people are going to move out like you, like me, like, like none of us are in the UK right now. So it's just going to going to happen more and more. It's a real shame, a real shame. Well, yeah, I think that I think it's not really about any race, creed or colour. It's about just the heritage of the country needs to be maintained. And I think the politicians mm. now, they're not really... They're not really respecting what the ethics were of England 30 years ago. And I think yeah. that's really the problem. I don't care whether someone's a Muslim, a Christian, a, a, a Buddhist, a Hindu, Sikh. I love all the religions. It, it, I grew up in Hounslow. You had no choice. You had to love all the religions. But um, yeah. I think there's there's nothing like... like I love I loved like the history of England. Do you know what I mean? I drive yeah. to Windsor when I got my first car just to see Windsor Castle. And those things yeah. were built up. You know, it was a beautiful thing. Now yeah. it's like throwing eggs at a king. It's like you threw eggs at a king a hundred years ago, they would chop your head off. Yeah. Now, yeah. I think it's good, like I'm in the sun, oh, and then write about it, like, or whatever newspaper writes about it, oh, the king got thrown an egg on. You go to some countries, they would block that straight away because you've got to respect the monarchy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is mad what you said, Joe. So you, you fly in so for the anyway. fight. You literally, so you fly in for the fight yeah. and you fly straight back out. I remember when um, Andrew Tate was on Piers Morgan and he said the same. He said, I hate this place. I'm flying in and out straight away. So you're not even going to do I anything. don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just don't like living there because I remember yeah. how beautiful it was when I lived there and I feel it's changed. To use the word hate is great. I still like my local pub. I still feel proud of being British and English and, and, and all of that. I just think that it's a bit like seeing your ex-girlfriend turn into a drug addict. It's like, it breaks your heart. You don't want to date her again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, or, so she's, or your ex-girlfriend turns into escort and you're like, ah, oh, she's with some old man now. Look at her selling selling her body for, you know, 10 grand. And you're like, don't want to date her, but you feel bad for her. Do you know what I mean? That's how I yeah, feel about yeah. it. Yeah, my mum's 70, right, Joe? And, and she's got a little town in Essex and there's charging her CO2 emissions now. And I'm just like, 12.50 a day for, for driving. And I just thought, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's a shame. So, all right, so, yeah. so on the fight, it's May the 13th, right? Yeah. And are there tickets available? Tickets Ticket pre-sale went out yesterday. Um, I heard they might be sold out already. I heard they were going crazy. And I think they're going to uh, release another batch now. Um, I think it's okay. going to break records this fight. I think it's going to break records because people know I'm going to bring it to KSI. ain't going to be a one-hit wonder. And they're going to get a lot of yeah. action because my, my aim is to make them cry on this stool and not get out for the sixth or seventh round. And where can people so see it, Six or seventh round, yeah? zone, right? It's on the zone, pay-per-view on the zone. Um, and yeah, we're the main event. I think we'll probably be out around 10 o'clock. 
It's got a big undercard as well. I was told. I, I, I haven't. They haven't sent it to me, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be a great event. I went to watch the last one, and it was sold out, massive, like twelve yeah. to fourteen thousand people. Me and yeah. James, me, we might have to wait around because we're doing some podcasts that 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 week anyway. We we might have to wait around and come and watch it. We um we have to. You have we to have give to, us your advice, to. Joe. Me and me and James want to get into this. Uh, we might be getting into this uh, misfits space and fucking getting in the ring. Look at James. Look at James is terrified. He I'm not, mate. Him. I don't. I'm not. You can. <laughs> you can. Matt loves it. Matt loves getting punched in the face, Joe. He loves it. So I keep, good luck really? to you, Matt. Joe, I keep trying to tell James to have a fight, and um, he's he's he loves it, but he he's not making it that next day. He hasn't got the bug that like you get when you're like, fuck, I have to fight. You know, I want to do it. I'm trying to get into yeah. that stage. But you do know you lose a lot of brain cells boxing. Like I've had to do like NAD, like NAD uh, sprays and all that to get my really? brain cells yeah. back. I swear, I started to forget things like loads. I started having my keys in my pocket. I'd be like, where are my keys? Look around the house all day for my keys. And then they were in my pocket the whole time. I was getting loads of that stuff. And then, uh, yeah, you got to like, because you, know, you pass boxing? all your brain... How do you ask from boxing and not drinking or do you ever see it? <laughs> not, not tequila. Yeah, I don't think tequila makes you mad, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah NMN. Just... Uh, NMN is really good. NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide, he's reverses his aging and helps the brain. Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> I'll try. I'll look into it. There's so, so, all right, so May the 13th, we should, Matt, we've 100% got to go to that. And then, um, and uh, if you if you're staying around, it'd be great to see you, mate. But what do you reckon, sixth or seventh round? I, uh, you know what, all my friends are asking me, like like my my friends from like years, like what round? I said the thing is, he's so erratic, he might just walk onto a left hook in ten seconds, and yeah, then he's asleep. Yeah. And then yeah. you know, my game plan is to get rounds under me because we've penciled in a date in Ibiza, September, for me to fight again whether it's him or someone right. else uh, with misfits. So, you know, that's not a long time because after May, I'm obviously going to do like Cannes Film Festival, then go down to Ibiza for a bit, then go to Mykonos. So I'm only really going to have a month to train for that next fight. So I want to be in shape enough to just carry it through. So yeah. I want to do the rounds because I want to get my eyes back. You know, doing the rounds is a big benefit to, to fighters, you know, having, yeah. having fought a lot. And then since David, it was two years ago now. You know, in a year and a half right. ago when I fought David. So I would like it to go, you know, into the later round just so I get my feet underneath me. But I'm scared that I'm scared for him because he's gonna come in try and knock me out. And you know, you, you wanna have a shoot off with me, it ain't gonna end well for you. I'm bigger than you, I punch harder than you, I got a great chin, and you're just gonna end up unconscious. I think you're right, mate. I think it's one or two rounds. Uh, and it, and if it goes past two rounds, then you'll you know, you'll see it through and get the rounds in. And that's what you're yeah, exactly. For. I think the first two rounds are very dangerous for him because he just starts off like a train, and yeah, and, and he's gonna, you know, like you saw Tommy get dropped trying to drop uh, Jake with a jab at a, at a right angle, at a wrong angle. You know, you can, you know, you can hurt someone really. So imagine I throw hooks. I'm not really a jab and jab an expert, and then yeah. you, I can I can see it. that's where I see it more going is early knockout with him just being reckless. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's uh, it's great to talk to you. We'll uh, we'll be we'll we'll probably try and come to the fight. We'll definitely be in Cannes for the film festival because that's what I do. And me, me and James do obviously make make films and do all that jazz. So we're going to be there for Amazing. then, and that's that's always uh, it's always my favorite time of the year. Cannes, it's 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 a special experience. Love it. Yeah, I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm in the process of buying a boat, so hopefully it'll be done by then, and I'll be down there on the boat so you guys come hang oh, out man. and do the podcast on the boat. Wow. 
Didn't you used to have a boat down there, James, at some point? I did, yeah. Yeah, I used to have a, yeah. What boat are you looking at, Joe? I'm looking at a custom, a 130 custom. Guys, it's in IB for the moment. I'm trying to do a deal with a family office and, uh, and, and take it off their hands because they, oh, they bought a bigger one. They bought a 190 and it's just sitting there at the moment. So I put a cheeky bid in. But we're, we're, we're nice. close. We're getting the engineers are there this week actually looking at it. So hopefully that'll all check out and uh, I'll be in my new house. Lovely, mate. Very oh, exciting times, man. Fuck it. Great talking yeah. to you, Joe. Really, really nice. You mate. too, mate. Well, I'm definitely going to come on May the 13th as long as we can get tickets. Uh, and we'll definitely see you in Cannes, mate. And good luck. I know you don't need it, Thank but you. good luck for the flight, mate. Yeah, mate. I, I, I think you will. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks so much for jumping on today. I'll add you, I'll add you on Facebook, uh, on Insta, Joe, and drop me a message, yeah? All right, mate. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. See you later. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye.